All right, Zig coming in on the top. Today on the show, we have Jake Burns, singer-songwriter of the band Rockstead. Rockstead is a rock reggae group based out of Cincinnati, Ohio. They are playing uh, February 10th at the Beachland Ballroom, accompanied by uh, John Wayne and the Pain and Ziggy D of Sea Level doing a solo set, and that's me. So as a reminder, February 10th, the Beachland, it's going to be a fun night. Um, also, Rockstead has an album coming out that day. Their new album's called Fall Down, Get Back Up, Repeat. We're going to listen to a track off their latest release. Um, this is Last Straw featuring our good friends, the Quasi Kings. So this is Last Straw by uh, Rockstead and the Quasi Kings. <laughs>
Rockstead, The Last Straw, featuring the Quasi-Kings, right? It's heavy. It's reggae. It's super, super rad. So if you dig it and you want to see it live, February 10th. Um, also, new album coming out to accompany that. Uh, this was a fun conversation. Uh, and it's interesting, like, talking with Jake, I kind of hit a lot of similar, like, uh, at least starting points, like, as a guitar player and trying to learn how to sing and play guitar and write songs and how that it almost doesn't matter how good or bad you do a thing, but the repetitive process of self-analyzing and how that leads to a better result. And we get into that in our conversation. But before we get to that conversation, uh, some C-Level news. Um, I play in a band called C-Level, letter C-Level. We are a funk-punk reggae rock group based out of Cleveland. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, plug in that here. Um, we have a new album coming out as well, and we're having an album release show March 4th at the Grog Shop featuring Joint Operation, the Cat's Meow, doing a Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack set. If you're not familiar with the Cat's Meow, the Cat's Meow is a improv group made up of members of the band Wanyama, and they usually bring up guests. Often you'll see uh, guys from Vibe and Direct and so forth, and they usually make tunes up on the spot. But this night, in particular, we're celebrating uh, the music from Tony Hawk's Pro Skater soundtrack, which is going to be sweet. Also, we have the Franz, and that's at the Grog Shop, March 4th. So if you, uh, if you are listening and you're like, this guy's banter sounds kind of cool, maybe his music matches, um, C-Level, uh, March 4th at the Grog Shop. But we're here to focus on Rockstead, and Rockstead's one of those bands that I kept hearing about, uh, in particular from Benny from the Quasi-Kings, and just raving about how like they incorporate their rock elements with reggae, and it's a superbly done job. And when I got the opportunity to, to open for Rockstead, I was really bummed out we couldn't do a full band, but honored that they accepted me as a solo, a solo set, and... Uh, it's gonna. I'm really excited for this gig. So February 10th, the Beachland, Rockstead, John Wayne and the Pain. I'm gonna do some solo loopy stuff. It's gonna be a fun night. Uh, if you guys can like, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast on any of the podcast platforms, that helps me keep talking to cool guests like Jake and sharing his insight with you. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Jake. Um, to jump into it, my Sweet. first question was a uh, is. What's the similarities with uh, music, and that can be writing, that can be um, being in a band, that can be any aspect of it, and whitewater rafting? <laughs> uh, well, honestly, they both they both give me the rush <laughs> that I'm looking for in life, man. Like, I mean, I've always been a little bit of an uh, adrenaline junkie, you know, like yeah. so. Any uh, adventure sport is always very appealing to me, but also, you know, when you're, when you're, as you probably know, when you're playing live on stage in front of a bunch of people, I mean, it's a, it's a feeling that it's kind of indescribable, you know, and um, I guess it's kind of the same way when you're bashing through <laughs> big waves on a river, <laughs> but uh, yeah, in essence, like, uh, I think it's just that rush. It's just that, that feeling and, you know, the unique experience of it all. That's well said. 
and it, it's definitely you're like it, it you when you see that <laughs> when you when you experience that rush on stage or that like success of a thing or just the the applause of doing a thing <laughs> like mm-hmm. there's nothing really quite like that it, it's it will make you get in the van and drive state borders to to get that from four people <laughs> oh totally i mean we somebody said to me once one of our old band members but it was like you know we we work our ass off to get that that 45 minutes you right. know Right. Like, think how much time and effort we put into our lives with music just so we can get that 45 minutes, that one hour on stage. Like, that's literally what we're working for is that one moment. And we and we do it, dude. Yeah. You know, like you said, like that one moment is what keeps us going and waking up, not getting any sleep and <laughs> skipping a meal so we can drive six hours down the road. You know, it's like, yeah, it's, no, it's real. Uh, are you familiar with the the group Full Service? Um, oh, I'm not. They're no. out of Austin, Texas, and uh, they 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 did like some touring with uh, 311 State Radio, and like, oh, cool. um, they're really really rad. But uh, they've since broke up, and now they're in a band called Two Player. But um, they had this whole uh, philosophy of two percent, and they all have it tattooed on their tricep, <laughs> like, and uh, the whole thing is. You two percent is actually playing music. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah. And uh, that's like in high school, I met those guys and went on a tour with State Radio as part of their nonprofit, and like got to hang out and pick their brains, and like that really ingrained that mindset. So it was almost it was a it was a it was like a a really good training of getting ready to like have to learn all the other nautical nonsense that. Uh, be something we don't wish <laughs> yeah no it's crazy man i mean a lot of people don't understand the the back end work that goes into you know being an independent musician like you know for the for the guys that are still kind of coming up you know i mean there's so much so much more than just playing music i actually wish i had more time to play music sometimes <laughs> <laughs> Was it, do you like, so as far as like, I guess, because, and that's a, that becomes a whole aspect of it too. Like, it's like you, it's so much of everything's so temporarily and kind of fleeting. It's like, okay, we have this new song. All right, cool. That was a cool week. Um, now what? And you're like, what, what? That, like, that was months of writing and recording. And so do you like, do you schedule time to do that? Like, to write? Do you have like kind of a routine that like, or are, is like with Rockstead, is it like kind of like a group effort as far as like coming up with material? Yeah. So, I mean, me personally, like really part of my daily routine is, uh, you know, just sitting on my couch <laughs> in the morning usually. And, uh, you know, I just have time to work on music and write music. But, uh, you know, a lot of the, pretty much all the music songs I, I do write um, on my own. Uh, and it's always like a lot of times it's like acoustic demos, you know, I'll record, I'll record acoustic demos at my house. And then, um, we just have like a demo folder online and I just keep stocking it up. And then, and then, yeah, basically we do reach a point to where like, all right, like now's the time where we want to work on new music. And so what usually happens is the guy, I send the guys to the demo folder and I'm like, Hey, like, listen to all these songs. And just pick the ones that are your favorite or the ones that you are latching onto. And 
and sometimes it's acoustic demos sometimes i expand you know i have more ideas where it's like all right i've got drum tracks here or i've got you know bass and keys or whatever but but yeah so a lot of times i'm writing the songs you know i've got the lyrics and the melody and the chord progressions and sometimes some riffs and stuff but but usually i take those kind of you know the bare bones to the band and they all kind of write their own parts to the music but yeah i mean like like with this last album we set time aside i mean we literally <clears throat> we rented a cabin in the middle of the mountains out here in north carolina and just like had a long weekend where we just you know played music in this random airbnb basement for like for till like four in the morning every night you know just writing and coming up with new stuff and that's kind of how this this new album we got coming out came to be but but yeah we definitely have to make time for it you know gotcha and that that one being a fall down get back up repeat yes fall okay. down get up repeat yep you got it um that's like because i i find myself doing a similar process like writing all the time recording the whole time you're writing like fine-tuning things at the end of the month and like presenting or like bringing it to the group and there's always like that dynamic switch of a thing in a way like unless you come like with a full-fledged idea like and i don't know like with you guys because are you guys all do you live close is like or is the band dispersed okay that makes sense then like yeah we're all over the place (laughs) okay 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 which makes it even more challenging you know what i mean like because yeah. you, you can have these songs cooking in your head and you have these ideas of how they should go and then you bring it to the group and like sometimes it takes a left turn and gets it gets discarded or even better you know what i mean right like, right and that but when you're kind of when you ruminate on it a little bit and you really get into a thing it's really hard to like um kind of see it past the thing i guess i don't know like that's a that's a cool process where they can like choose what's speaking to them as a band and you, then you kind of already get the group um, like uh, support behind what what they're gonna want to spend hours on working. Yeah, yeah, totally. And you know, there's been some songs in the demo folder that might have been sitting there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, maybe not a rock set. So, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know, with us being living so far apart, like when we get together, our time is very dialed in i mean it's like it's like when we're together it's time to work like we got to get shit done we're we stay pretty organized about what we're doing when we're doing it and i mean you know because we're not like a normal band where we we get to you know rehearse a couple times a week or whatever i don't even know what a normal rehearsal schedule is anymore but um (laughs) but uh but yeah you know we just it's just we when we get together we get shit done. <laughs> I mean, that's just really what it comes down to. And, uh, but it works, it works for us. So in, well, in that way, it's like, it's like having that 20 minutes or whatever or hour, or whatever you have in the morning, just to focus on writing. It's like the same thing, but as a group, if you have like a smaller amount of time, I feel to like focus on a thing you do, you're, you're, it's more efficient than hours. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, totally. like a, 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 a four days where you stay up to four in the morning, you're going to get more done than like rehearsing every day of the week until like whatever, you know, yeah. endless time. Um, right. That's awesome. So like growing, like, like was, uh, as far as like singing and playing guitar, was that like a, uh, was this a thing like a, that 
you wanted to do from the rip? Was it always singing? I guess what I'm trying to say is because like I find a lot of my friends and a lot of guitar players I talk to start off just wanting to do that. But was your like kind of like were you always aspired to like be a songwriter as well as a guitar player, or were you more driven towards one or the other? Um, <clears throat> let's see. So I started playing guitar when I was like twelve. Uh, it was like seventh or eighth eighth grade, something Same. like that. Okay, cool. And um, I mean, my parents had been taking me to concerts forever. Like I, you know, I started going to concerts when I was probably like ten, and um, actually, you know, my first rock concert ever was Corn. <laughs> I went and saw. <laughs> nice. I went and saw Corn, and but yeah, I mean, ever since I was going to like rock shows. I remember thinking like, I want to do that, you know, but, but as far as being a songwriter, um, you know, I mean, I had, I started my first band in eighth grade. Nice. We we were called broken on impact. Yeah. But, uh, (laughs) but, um, what type of songs? Yeah. Uh, it was just like a rock band. Um, Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, we were, 13 or whatever but we had we wrote music though you know i mean we had we actually recorded a little cd uh just somebody we knew knew uh their home studio but um but really like i remember we were like trying out singers for the band because i had no intention of being a singer i was just gonna play guitar and you know we were like rehearsing in my friend's basement like that's where we would play and we brought in like two or three different people and they either like weren't very good or like they were too scared to sing in front of us. Mm. You know, we were yeah. 13, like yeah. I get it. But then it basically came down and we couldn't find a singer and I was like, well, screw it. Like, I guess I'm going to be the singer. Like I'll just figure it out. And so that's what we did. And that's kind of how I started being the singer. And I, I had never been like a singer. I think I had been in like a, a school musical once yes. and like sang like in a play but like as far as that like i was not like an aspiring singer like i don't know i was just interested in playing guitar and then um but then the more i started playing guitar i don't know the the songwriting just sort of like fell into place because we just started writing music and that just became a really cool way for me to express myself and and like i said yeah from from that from then on that band we were a band all through high school and i was the front man singer guitar player we were just yeah. like a three-piece band and actually those guys in that band later became the first version of rockstead we recruited another guitar player and then once we graduated high school we started playing more of the music that we do now and um and so those guys that was rockstead that was the first the original members <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's like, I, I don't, I don't know if it's the the like, when I listen to the music you guys put out, I don't know if it's the intricacy of the guitar that makes me think that, like, I'm like, I feel like th- because there's a lot of like, with the reggae rock vi- rock kind of vibes, there's a lot of guitar that's not like, uh, you guys do like, there's a special attention paid to like the rock end of it with what you guys do. And I think that sticks out and makes you guys uniquely you. But also when I listen to that, I'm like hearing this is someone who has a guitar kind of thought into their songwriting. 
and like uh I kind of had that same process a little bit like we were trying out singers and like I was like well no one no one keeps showing up or the the guy we had had a bunch of other stuff going on so I'm going to try to learn <laughs> and like yeah and it's such a different experience but I think like when it's accompanied with a guitar like a physical like representation of melody like it almost makes it it, 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 I would have never been able to figure out how to care if I was on pitch, <laughs> let alone yeah. had I known where to find one, you know? Totally. And like, it's such a weird journey in that sense because, like, singing isn't like a. When you kind of come from that guitar space, you're like, this is the lick. I learned the lick. I can put it wherever, you know? Yeah. How do you do that with your voice, you know? Totally. And you got a fucking great voice, man. So oh, the you, time you definitely put time into it, um, and the, like just to kind of get like a little glimpse of that vocal journey, like some of those early attempts of learning how to sing, what did that look like for you? Oh man, uh, I don't even know. Like it's almost <laughs> even hard to remember yeah. anymore. But I, I mean, I do know that like I would just you know, sit in my room and learn songs. You know, I had like this acoustic guitar and, you know, I figured out how to like play chords and sing along to myself. And I, I don't even know, like I was never formally like trained in music. I just, honestly, I just kind of like got better by doing it more, you know, yeah. <laughs> like I, I never had any body give me any direction as far as singing goes. And, you know, I'm sure my early, some good old videos of me singing, you know, in the early days, probably aren't anything to write home about, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. For me, it was just, I just kept doing it and kept doing it. And then, and also just singing songs, um, from artists that I enjoyed, like, you know, like, I mean, I latched on to sublime obviously when I was in like high school and I felt like I could sing like, his music really well like it just fit my range and stuff like that you know i was always singing in the car and like brandon boyd was a big one for me from incubus like he was one of my favorite singers and i was always trying to sing his shit which is like crazy that dude's crazy he's got wicked range but i don't know yeah for me it was just doing it a lot <laughs> i just enjoyed doing it you know and so yeah. and that's the cool thing as a kid too is like when you like to do something, when you first start doing it, you don't, when you're a kid, you don't really think about being bad at it. You just do it because you like to do it. And, and like nowadays people are so scared to try new things because they're like, as an adult, you're like, well, I don't want to be bad. I don't want to suck. I don't want people to think I'm bad. And it's like, you got to go out and suck at something. I think that was a Dave Grohl quote. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you got to go out and you got to suck at something. <laughs> and then that's just the way it goes. But yeah, I just enjoyed singing, man, in my room, in my car. That's anywhere. so cool. Like, like, cause like, uh, for me, Sublime was a big one too. Like trying to learn how to sing and play. It was all those nineties, you know, Sublime, Nirvana, like, like yeah. there's something so like, I think uniquely, uh, uh, kind of, vague and naked about their voices that made it approachable for people who weren't like trained singers to attempt you know mm -hmm. and like 
because I, I kind of had the same process too. Like I, I took some like basic like lessons um, with every you know with everything with how do I make notes on the guitar? How, like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, it really comes down to that that practice of recording yourself, listening back, being like, oh god, this is completely awful. But I I like how I said the one verse. How did like let me hone it in just like fine-tuning this thing till you learn how to like navigate that melodic path um totally and it's interesting you say with a uh, with a uh, kids now because like it's like it's like no one wants to do anything new because it's captured and shared and ridiculed but yeah it's a uh, you have to like the new is half the words you you know what i mean like totally um in, but does that kind of fall into like some of the maybe like bigger philosophical concepts of this record you guys are putting out now? Um, maybe maybe not well, like directly, that? but like just uh, you fall down, you get back up, and repeat this kind of oh, like yeah. <laughs> self like. Totally. <laughs> yeah. No, it's. I mean that that title. So it's actually a line in one of the songs uh, on the album, and we were. And also, like a lot of the songs on the new album were, uh, a lot of them were written during like the COVID quarantine sort of time, and so the whole fall down, get up, repeat thing—it just made sense with like the state that the world was in. And yeah, but yeah, also just yeah, that general concept of like you you go and you you mess up, you get up, and you try again. You know, I mean, also just with the journey of making this album, it's like. Nothing ever goes perfectly. Nothing ever goes perfectly, as you probably know. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, yeah, I think it was just a general, you know, concept that I feel like everybody can understand. And maybe some people need to hear, you know, like some people get so caught up in their failures sometimes. And it's like, well, that's kind of what's supposed to happen. Like if you succeeded every single time you did something, you know, like you would be well you would not be normal i'll tell you that but <laughs> but it's just you know one of those things you kind of got to get used to with life and i thought it was I thought it was a good message no i think it's great and i, I totally agree with it and like if it wasn't if that wasn't the case you wouldn't want to do the thing <laughs> you, you'd be bored and you would move on you'd be uh -huh. like oh rock star that's easy did that yeah check, check. <laughs> right. let's see what's next mountain climber why not yeah. you know what i mean Jack. like yeah like and like and maybe it's maybe it's the perceived like how how we kind of see a lot of like everyone's best all the time you know yeah like oh, totally. it, it really makes it hard to like see some and the idea that failure can lead to this thing that doesn't go away um via internet but it shouldn't be that, you know, it should be, you should be able to hear your shitty demos and be like, Oh, thank God I kept going. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to be that For guy. <laughs> like, I have to remind myself of that uh, often, yeah. you know, cause I'm always like, you're always your worst critic. Right. Right. And you know, I'll be listening to some new stuff. I'm like, man, why do we do this? Why do we do this? Or <laughs> honestly, once, usually once we release music, I, I don't listen to it anymore. Yeah. Like once it's out in the world, I mean, unless somebody's like playing it, like, you know, in a room or whatever, but I don't, once it's actually released, I usually don't listen to it. Cause I'm like, I'm just gonna, 
you know, pick it apart and be like, <laughs> we should have done this. We yeah. should have done that. I mean, you know, overall, I'm mm-hmm. always like pretty happy at that point because, you know, we're releasing it. But but yeah, I generally try not to listen to it too much <laughs> when I, we uh, once it's out there. I totally agree <laughs> with that statement. One, when you get to that point, you've heard it so many times in so oh, many yeah. different environments. You're like, what's it sound like on my phone? What's it sound like out of the, the car? What's it sound like yeah. here? You know, okay, now it's mastered. What's it sound like there? Like, and totally. like <laughs> up and just up until that point, and like, it's like it. For me, I find if I can listen to it before putting it out, right, and be like, I'm thinking about other stuff, I'm okay with it, you know? And if yeah. I can go back years later and, like, you're always going to – it's like as soon as you put that on. Like, for me, I find this helps with long drives. Like, if we got demos or mixes, I put that on. I'm, like, instantly, like, anxiety's like, pay attention. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, right. You're, like, you're a little bit more shook up and more aware of <laughs> – not the road, but the nonsense you're working on. And, yeah. like, but uh, it's, it, it's – it's, I totally agree with that statement. Once it's done, it's kind of like, okay, moving on. Luckily, the band – my band will come back and be like, maybe we should have turned up the bass or <laughs> – like, right. There's always something. <laughs> there always is, but I appreciate the 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 extra listening after I've heard it too many times, you know. Right. But uh, that's uh, so, and it, it's interesting, like, kind of bouncing off with like the concept of the last record with being in control to like this, like, kind of <laughs> the world trying to regain control. Are you trying to regain? Con- Not that all these are planned out like this, but this is like. Some me looking at your your discography retrospectively, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but diving into that record, you guys work with the Quasi Kings, and uh, Benny and Zach are some of like the nicest people. How do you guys like? How'd you guys meet up with them? Yeah, good dudes for sure. Um, honestly, I've we've known each other for years now, just just because you know we've we've been in the same music scene. I mean. Um, they used to play with shrub, right. you know? And yeah. so we were going and seeing, I was going and seeing like shrub shows when I was in, I guess I was in college. And then, you know, rock was doing our thing. And once we started traveling, like, you know, we're playing shows up in Columbus all the time. And, um, you know, shrub broke up and quasi Kings kind of came to be. So we played, we've been playing shows with them for a long time. And actually fun fact, uh, uh, there's one point in time where we were in between bass players. Like we were kind of looking for a full-time bass player and uh, Benny played yeah. uh bass for us for like a couple shows just to help kind of help us out and, you know, keep us going while we found somebody. But Hell yeah, but yeah, I've known, known those guys pretty much ever since we started playing in Columbus, I think. And, um, and yeah, now we've just, we've become good friends and, had to get him on track, man. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like uh, as far as like uh, having Benny in the band? Like, as far as how was his approach on bass different than the bass player you had before? Yeah. Uh, dude, Benny's got just fat tone, dude. His, yeah. his, his ability to just play that in the pocket, like reggae bass is fucking awesome and the fact that he sings while he does that in quasi kings is very (laughs) impressive because playing bass and singing is uh, difficult especially when you're playing super like 
uh, rhythmic lines and stuff. But um, but yeah, it was fun getting him in there because you know he Benny is a very much uh, reggae guy. You know, like yeah. very uh, he goes deep with the reggae stuff. And like you said, we we have so much rock aspects to our music, and we've got like super fast like punk bass lines and stuff sometimes. So I think. I like to think he probably had a good time because he made a played something that he's not used to doing too much, but but it was fun. It was fun. I remember we played a show at Woodlands. <laughs> yeah, was it a? Yeah, it was interesting because talking with Benny, we did a show with them up at the at the Beachland um, last year when they were doing their release, like or right before their release, and. Um, and like he was like, yeah, you guys should talk out Rockstead. I think you guys would do sea level do good with that. And like, he w- he was just talking you guys up and the rock thing. Now that you mention it, and no, not I didn't know he played with you before, but like that makes sense. He was like, he's like they got this rock thing and it's really fucking cool. So like that, I think that resonated. <laughs> it stuck with him. <laughs> Sweet. Well, I I hope so because I don't know if you've listened to their new album, but they have a song on there called Booze. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard that yeah, yeah. one, but it. It's heavy, man. Yeah. It sounds like Rage Against the Machine or something. Like <laughs> So I was like, I like I was like, I like yeah. that one, dude. He's like, Yeah, I know you would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're so good, man. And so when you guys recorded with them, like what I found that uh Last Straw was really like like the the harmonies that they did and the switching of the verses, did they write their verse or did Benny write his verse or did you write that for him? Like how did that yeah, he wrote he wrote his verse. Okay. For that, yeah. And then him and Zach, Zach was doing the harmonies on that track. So, yeah. Yeah, they they took over cuz I hit him up and I was like, "Hey, here's the thing." And he sent it back and I was like, "Dude, this is awesome." <laughs> I, w- I I was like, "I wish this verse was twice as long." <laughs> cuz I was like, it's it's actually a pretty short short verse, but uh but yeah, no. Yeah, I just sent him the track over and which is funny too because that's literally the heaviest song we've ever written. <laughs> like, we, there's literally like a metal breakdown at the end of that song, which I freaking love. I think it's kind of hilarious that we did that. But, um, and then, you know, we just mentioned how they, you know, Benny's very much like a reggae, reggae dude. Very like both of those guys are just really into, you know, just the kind of roots, more roots side of it, I think. But here, here they are on our like basically like metal reggae song. I'm like, <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> but that's with them. They're pure. They're purely into like the music. You can tell that because like if not, they wouldn't do the metal reggae song. They wouldn't be into it. But these totally. guys, they're like super supporters of supporters of just like music around them and the music they're doing. And like it, it it's refreshing and like kind of like. Sometimes, and I'm sure you've experienced, like, sometimes it can be, like, a competitive, money, like, driven music jam scene where you don't think it would be. You know what I mean? Especially Definitely. with, like, uh, certain types of music. You don't think they would be really financially focused. But uh, they are. Like, I mean, they, they get it. it. It's There's nothing, there's not, it's not a knock on other bands, but it's refreshing to meet people that are purely them and purely into the, into the music and into the music around them. Definitely. Good peeps. <laughs> Badass, man. So on this next record, um, do you guys have any other features that 
wouldn't be spoil 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 spoiling spoiling yeah. i'm trying to find the right way to say that <laughs> yeah um we so we already released another single uh with uh treehouse jeremy anderson from treehouse i don't know if you're familiar with them but yeah, yeah. but but he's a good dude too jeremy um but he crushed his verse on our song fireside as well and we've got uh We've got another uh, feature artist that uh, is on the album, but I'm not gonna tell you. I'm letting that one be a surprise. I don't even. I don't even know. I don't even know when this is gonna come out. But well, I was gonna put been... this. We'll put this in to, to push the show at the Beachland. Um, let's, okay. uh, tell me off, Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Put that off, Mike. That's exciting. It's interesting. Like as a songwriter, like kind of writing things in a way to have space for a feature you know like mm-hmm. because it, it, it seems like such an open unfinished thing to go and record this huge chunk of a song and just like or the 95 percent of a song and leaving this big vague thing that maybe this person you reach out to doesn't want to do you know mm-hmm. <laughs> but like you well, can't... <laughs> i was gonna say we've ran into situations too where it's like we literally like would write a song and you know have this empty verse for like a specific artist yeah that we really wanted to do it but then it just like didn't work out you know like either they they were too busy or like it was like a little out of our budget or whatever but then it's like ah shit like we literally wrote this song basically (laughs) for this person not wrote the whole song but you know like we had such a such a vision of having this person there and um and then you know we kind of have to like reimagine things which is totally fine but um but yeah writing because like sometimes it's like a little gift to me because i've like sometimes i'll have a song where i i can't finish it i was like damn it needs one more verse it needs one more verse and then i just go actually screw it that's gonna be the feature verse this song's done <laughs> you know <I'm> like, <laughs> I'm yeah like, okay that's, yeah. yeah yeah it's a good way to think of it too like the the va- like the emptiness is like an opportunity <laughs> for someone yeah, else <laughs> totally. i was like great and actually we've talked about that was one of our band goals this year we wrote down a, we always write down some goals that we want to hit yeah um you know at the beginning of the year but one of them was uh one of them was do more feature tracks like collab more with other artists and and when we made that goal, I was like, sweet, that means I only have to write half a song now. <laughs> you know, I, was like, I was like, I'm going to write so much more music if I only have to write half a song. <laughs> we'll have multiple records on, on, on uh, in the can, Ray the Roll. Yeah, that's totally. cool. What's, a, what's another, like, uh, what's a couple other goals that you guys as a group have feel like you've edged more towards? Um, Like to complete yeah or even just like seems more like a this is the year we can actually do this goal or you know what i mean like yeah um honestly one of our i'm actually looking at the paper right now so it's on my kitchen table but uh one of the goals we had was to do a sugar shack i don't know if you you know sugar shack and um you know it's one of those things sugar shack's awesome and you know it's great exposure because their youtube channel blew up but yeah um you know they're very into uh promoting smaller local groups around florida but it seems like a lot of the touring groups that come through 
need to have a certain amount of clout these days. I think because yeah. I, I think they probably just have so many people hitting them up I'm that sure. they have to yeah. they have to be a little picky. But we're, I was like, all right, we've toured through Florida a handful of times now. Like we know people who know these people. Like we can totally like this is very doable. But um, that was one of them. Hell yeah, well, dude, I can't, I, I can't wait to. It's gonna, it's gonna happen. <laughs> I can't wait yeah. to see that. Um, like it, it, it just, I don't know. I feel like the more, especially when it comes to like touring and like anything, it's like as soon as you meet someone, it's a different story. You're not just an email. You're not just like, you know, what I mean, you're not just like, ah, oh, I gotta figure this out. But like, Definitely. once you meet, like, even when it's like booking the gig, once you know someone there and like. Or know a person that can recommend you. It's like it's way easier process than this. Like, oh, for sure. Put in a face. Put in a face to a name, and just yeah, just networking. Like I actually make make it a point every week to go out and see a local show. You know, because you're meeting bands. You're you're showing your face regularly at at venues. So that is just automatically going to lead to you like meeting the people who run them and work them and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I think that's really important. Like I know a lot of people in bands who just like, they never, they never go out and like support live music. And then they always wonder like, why is nobody coming to my shows? It's like, well, you got to go out and like meet people and shake hands and rub shoulders and like, you know, make friends really is what it comes down to. And yeah. Uh, that goes a long way, you know, and um, it definitely yeah. does. No, and like, and the whole like, <laughs> it always cracks me up. The the bands that are like support live music, those posts, you know what I mean? Like that don't or hang out in the van and like, well, you didn't yeah. meet Tom, the guy who owns the house venue we're playing at, and so <laughs> totally. Like, um, and I I feel like a similar uh kind of like longing or need to to go out and do that and i enjoy that i enjoy meeting Mm -hmm. other people and supporting other music and i don't know if that's like the teacherish part of what i of what i of me and like or if it's just like uh that the beauty that the community creates and like like seeing it come together and seeing other people celebrate uh their work and like because i i found myself involved in a lot of communal things in cleveland so like I, I don't know if that's just a natural part of me but i enjoy and i enjoy going to the other shows and hanging out with the and making new friends and seeing the other bands especially ones that like are just like it's their first show or whatever and like it's crazy because it is the first show and you see like their friends going crazy you know it's really cool. yeah oh yeah totally but awesome man well man i really appreciate your time and chatting with me Looking forward to our show in February at the at the Beachland with uh, John Wayne. <laughs> John Wayne and the John Pain. Wayne. It's going down. I'm stoked. It's gonna be. That'll red. be our. That'll actually <clears throat> be our first time playing in the ballroom. Yeah, it's gonna. Yeah, oh, it's sick. It's gonna be sick. Uh, but anyway, all right, Jake. You have a good one, my friend, and I will talk to you. Awesome, man. Talk to you later. Yo, Spike Spiegel here. You just listened to Zig of the Gig podcast. Keep riding the bebop. See you, Space Cowboy. Bang.